and we're live. Okay, we're recording now. Um, sorry for being a little lackluster. Um, so today we're gonna, I got some really cool stuff to go over today. Um, some interesting stuff. Uh, I got a few requests to go over Lightbox stack. Um, we released a new update, so I'll just quickly take five, 10 minutes tops just to kind of show you that, that new update. Um, then uh, we're gonna go over some cool new browser testing. Um, and I know a lot of you probably know how to do browser testing. I mean, it's not rocket science, right? But um, I'll show you some tricks, tips and tricks that I do uh, for like testing how your website looks maybe on an iOS device, an iPhone, an iPad, without actually having to have one, okay? I mean, yeah, I have one, I have an iPhone, I have my iPad, right? All right here, but um, maybe you don't. Right? Maybe you, you don't have an iPad, or maybe maybe you have an i an, an iPhone 3G and you want to know what it looks like on an iPhone 4, or you have an iPhone 4 and you want to see what it looks like with people that have an iPhone 3G, right? Um, other things, um, Internet Explorer, right? Um, how, how can we test an Internet Explorer um, nicely on our Mac um, and things of that nature? Um, so we're gonna go ahead and. Uh, I'm going to start off really quickly uh, with the uh, Lightbox stack. Um, another quick little plug, here's my cool little video app, it's kind of coming along, everybody. I uh, have some cool new little options here. If you have multiple eyesights, you can swap between eyesights. So now I'm over here, hello, okay. Um, and then uh, you can apply some filters, right, so you can you can kind of you know make it look kind of cool if you want to look uh, you know pixely and stuff like that you know um, kind of cool um, I am uh, I am working on on getting this released into the Mac App Store as is right now um, I still have a bunch of new features I want to add to it right um, you know there is full screen mode as well so you can actually you know see yourself in full full screen mode which is kind of cool okay but um, uh, you, and you can obviously of course uh, resize the window to be you know whatever size you you ultimately want right so kind of cool that's my uh, my app it's currently called CamView. I don't know I want to find kind of a catchier name for it so if you have any ideas please uh, yes they are quarks filters um, just some core image stuff um, really simple stuff same kind of stuff you see in photo booth right um, and then uh, if you have a cool name if you have any ideas about a cool name I would uh, I'd love to hear it, okay? Um, so, uh, it will show up in the Mac App Store eventually. I'm hoping by if I could do it by WWDC, I, I doubt that though. I don't know how long the app review process takes and all that jazz. But um, also another side note, um, I said this on Wednesday and I've sa I said it last Friday. Now that um, um, I'm kind of doing you know this live webcast thing on, on my website, if you've noticed, there is a new URL, uh, joeworker.net slash live, okay? Uh, there is no longer RapidWeaver Live, it's just joeworker.net slash live. So if you are on the RapidWeaver Live page, um, that, that does work right now, but uh, you know I recommend you, you, you remember and change your bookmarks or whatnot. We are now on joeworker.net slash live, and I'll probably be removing the, the old link, uh, the old uh, page uh, pretty soon. Um, we had a couple small little changes to my site. Um, if you notice here, uh, bring over my site. Um, 
it, interesting to see how if this causes a mirror effect because you're seeing the actual live feed. Uh, you actually have a, a tutorials tab now. The tutorials tab was moved to the top here. And then all these, these uh, webcast recordings will be there. Okay, so um, pretty interesting. Uh, you are kind of seeing a mirror effect. That's kind of funny. Okay, so uh, Lightbox stack. Um, oh, Rusty says he loves the RSS feed stack. We did, again, we did release this, uh, this free stack last week. It's super cool. It allows you to easily add um, little things like this, like on this page. Um, this isn't my blog page, but yet I have my little RSS link uh, here, and you can easily add RSS links to any page you want. Okay, and as you see, you can add multiple. So I have two RSS feeds on this page, and the way I did that is you just add in two of these RSS feed stacks on your page. Okay, um, so quick plug for the new free RSS feed stack. It is free. Go ahead and get it today uh, and enjoy it. Okay, um, so right now we're gonna I'm gonna jump over and just quickly go over the Lightbox uh, update that was released uh, this week. Okay, um, it is now version 2.1, okay? Um, and, you know, I, I like this update, actually. You know, I, I thought with the version 2, um, I didn't think I could make the Lightbox stack any better, uh, to be honest with you. I, I was like, man, this, this stack is as good as it's going to get. I really can't see it being any more streamlined, okay? But... Um, you know, a, a user had a you know had an op has an, had actually had an issue with the with the stack IDs, right? Um, so I got had a support case come in, and uh, um, you know, I give you in version two, we we have this little uh, hint right here. So if you wanted to create a text link for your stack, I gave you the ID that Lightbox generates, okay, for to launch it via a textual link. Cool, right? Um, right. You no longer needed to do unique IDs and whatnot. And if you, if you needed to do a text link, I gave you the ID to do that, right? However, okay, um, if, you're, if you've been working with stacks long enough, you've probably seen a syntax similar like this, stacks underscore in underscore a number underscore page and then a number, right? And that's a common thing, that kind of a random generated number uh, within stacks that it creates. Okay, um, so I was using that and I was passing that on to the customer and uh, on to you guys to be able to utilize. And however, uh, the problem with that is, um, and it was a brain fart on my, on my uh, side, that uh, that ID isn't guaranteed to be the same all the time. Okay, um, so if I go ahead and let's say, if we see this ID is stacks underscore in underscore six page zero, right? And I kind of maybe move some things around. Um, okay, uh, let's say I I, uh, I save my file, I close it. All right, let's open it again. And oh, there, there we go. So I, I modified my page a little bit, closed the file, reopened it, and if you look, this this ID is now different. Okay, it's no longer six underscore page zero, it's three underscore page zero. So if I had created a text link to the previous ID, it would now be broken. Okay, so um, I, I wanted to um, 
you know, try to simplify this. The reason I, I, I did this random ID is because if, you, if you're not using a text link and you're just using the Lightbox stack within itself, this is perfect because you, you don't care what the ID is. As long as the stack knows what's its, what its ID is, we're golden, right? However, if you wanted to do a text link, again, this ID changes. Sorry if I'm being a broken record. So what I've done is um, I added a, a, I brought back the unique ID field, okay? However, uh, what I did was the default of the unique ID is this percent ID percent, okay? Which is a macro within stacks to generate a random ID. It's not guaranteed that that ID will stay the same, but if you're just using the Lightbox stack within itself, so basically you're putting your launcher image here, you're putting your, you know, you know, some text or you know whatever you want in here, okay, you're golden, okay. But if you want to launch via a text link or your own external link somewhere, okay, you do have to change this, okay, and change it to you know, um, Lightbox link. Okay, what's cool is if, if you change this unique ID here, you'll notice that in edit mode, um, we also redefine the actual, you know, link that you need to put inside your, your href, okay, uh, the ID here. So that's cool. Uh, you know, I, that pretty much solves that issue, okay. So for a majority of cases, if you're just using it within the Lightbox stack, you don't really need to test this, uh, you know, change this ID, you don't need to touch it at all. Just leave it alone, okay? Um, some other things we did with this update, um, you'll notice that there isn't a height setting. Um, reason being is uh, we, we try to dynamically adjust the height to, be, to, to fit the content, okay? Um, and uh, I'll probably release an update, another update a little soon um, to change the height algorithm calculations. Um, there are some fringe test cases where height wasn't getting properly allocated. So um, look forward to another 2.11 update that, that fixes the dynamic height. But uh, basically you set your width of your light box and uh, the height will be automatically genera uh, generated, okay? Of course, uh, as before, include light box scripts. So if you have more than one light box stacked per page, make sure that only one of these has this checkbox. If this is checked, you will have uh, when you click on a, a lightbox link, uh, you'll have multiple lightboxes pop up, okay? And uh, if that happens, it's because you have this checkbox checked on more, more than once on your page, okay? Um, the next thing is the compliant launcher. Um, it is now turned on by default um, because I figure most people are gonna wanna launch their lightbox from an image, okay? So they have an image, they want the user to click on that image and then, uh, you know, that image will then display your light box, okay? Um, that's what most people want, okay? However, uh, and by doing it this way, you're completely WC3 compliant, blah, 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 blah. Hence why it's called the compliant launcher. But if you uncheck this, you go back to kind of legacy mode, which is um, you can put in anything you want inside the, this launcher area. And wherever you click anywhere inside that area, your light box will be launched, okay? Um, this isn't WC3 compliant, uh, this code, mostly because you have divs inside a link and so on and so forth, okay? Um, but uh, um, it is nice, it's a great feature. 
Um, I use it all the time, actually. Um, but again, the, I think most people, majority of the time, just want to launch via an image. So uh, we've changed the compliant launcher so that when you uh, you now have an image well, you don't actually have to provide the path to an image. Um, and then also you can edit your captions here in line. So if you want to double click here, you could just say um, my uh, caption. Okay. Okay. Um, if we want to just go ahead and complete, completely uh, create a little a little stack here, I'll create, throw in a, an image there. Um, and uh, let's go ahead and I'll throw in some text and I don't know, maybe a two columns thing here with uh, a couple new icons from Elixir. Okay, so here's my here's my launcher, right? Go into here. I have my caption with my image. I click on it and voila, there's my light box. Okay, really simple. Um, I just wanted to kind of go over the uh, um, some of the new features, the reasoning behind them. Oh, also another thing you might want to do is hide your launcher. Okay, um, actually if you uh, go like that, it'll even hide it inside edit mode. Okay, um, oh look at that, that might actually might be a bug. But um, uh, basically if you hide launcher, um, it will completely not use your launcher at all and it basically it's expecting that you're going to launch your lightbox from a text link somewhere or you're going to provide your own launcher somewhere okay so um, that's the new lightbox stack any questions in the room before um, uh, the uh, before we move on yes so the content the the content that you add into the stack now let me turn my launcher back on okay uh, the content that you add into this area here determines the height but this setting inside the settings HUD determines the width so let's say I wanted my width to be 500 pixels okay um, and then basically the stack would automatically determine the height that you would need um, you know for that content so you define the width the stack will automatically determine the height for you okay Yep, and uh, I, these are Elixir's new icons. If you uh, haven't seen, we'll do a small plug. Here's uh, here's Adam's new icon set. Oops, right here. Okay, uh, Adam's new icon set. Some beautiful new icons in here. Um, they go up to 128 pixels. So uh, you should definitely check them out for twenty dollars. These are fabulous for for websites for everything. You know, I have a, a ton of Adam's uh, you know icons. Okay, I've Pretty much all of his icon sets okay so um and i do use little snapper to uh keep track of all my icons um there's a small little tip for you um one thing i do use little snapper for is uh to organize all my icons it's pretty much iphoto for icons for me right and screen grabs i, I do use it for screen captures as well okay um so let's go ahead and move on uh let's see I had a look at the demo last night. The lightbox did not close when clicking outside the lightbox. Yes, so um, with the lightbox stack, you do have to actually click on the close button to close it. So, um, you know, you can't click outside. You, you click on the little close button and it does close it. Um, so, yes. 
um, you, you do have to click the close button in order for it to close. Um, I'm, I'm currently working on a completely rewritten Lightbox stack. Um, the, uh, the JavaScript that powers this Lightbox stack um, is, um, let's just say I don't want to touch it. <laughs> so um, um, I, I'm completely starting over from scratch using jQuery. This Lightbox stack does not use jQuery. Um, it uses Scriptaculous and Prototype. Um, so uh, um, I am, I'm not a Scriptaculous Prototype guru. So touching it, I, I'm a little bit scared to try to muck with it. Um, so, but I like this light box. It has kind of a very Apple feel to it um, in terms of the style of the light box. Um, it's nice in that uh, the background dynamically resizes. Um, it is an image background, right? But it does dynamically resize, which is nice. Um, but I, I do plan on releasing a completely new light box stack um, that's based off the... Um, light boxes that you see when you launch screenshots on my product pages and uh, uh, we'll be seeing a new uh, a new stack from that some point okay um, so let's go ahead and start looking at uh, browser testing okay so let's just let's just go ahead and, and we have the our page pretty much set up already right and if you didn't know within rapid weaver um, if you click on this little button here you can say preview Okay, and then you can preview it your page directly in a browser. Okay, um, so you can say open this in Safari. Okay, and of course it opened over here, and uh, and basically it opens my page in Safari. Okay, now since Safari uses WebKit, so does RapidWeaver. It's pretty much Safari is going to be pretty much looked exactly what you see in in preview for the most part for ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Right. Uh, what you see in Safari is what you'll see in preview. Okay. Um, so you can do that for any browser, right? So it, it automatically finds browsers um, that are on your machine, even some that aren't really browsers. Like you can add stuff to Evernote and whatnot because Evernote registers itself as a browser and, and whatnot. But for browser testing, we're pretty much doing, I want to do Firefox 4. So I can easily now open up this page in Firefox 4 and see what it looks like. Okay, so you know that's definitely a, a, a nice thing to, to have and do. Um, you know, quickly test your site, see what, what it looks like in various browsers. Let's say we want to see what, what this page looks like in Opera. Okay, and we open it in Opera, and there we go. Okay, now if you notice, we, we do have some issues here, right? Um, if, we, if we see it in Firefox, look, my title is this. Uh, which isn't what it was supposed to be. It's supposed to kind of have this new font, right? So you're supposed to use font face just like it does in here, okay? So, um, you know, that's that's an issue. You know, we'd have to go and look at our CSS for at font face and, and try to troubleshoot that if, if we cared whether or not it looked like that in Safari. But as you see, it doesn't look terrible in Firefox, I mean, but, um, you know, it would be nice if we had a completely uniform feel, okay? Um, and you know any other browser we have chrome as well right those are the kind of the, the main browsers right you have chrome firefox safari okay at least on the mac okay now I, i'm going to go over some more esoteric um, options that we have here um go ahead and quit these browsers okay and basically uh 
a lot of people, of course, want to know what their site looks like on an iOS device. Okay, they want to know what it looks like on your iPhone, on your iPad. And for that, okay, there is a great tool um, called iOS Simulator. Okay, and basically you can open up any page you want in iOS Simulator. Oops. Let's see if we, we might have to try that again. There we go. Okay, so you have to load iOS Simulator and then basically do the, you know, do the preview again, and you'll see that particular page within your iPhone. Okay, now how do you get this? Okay, um, this is a uh, a free app that comes with Xcode. Okay, Xcode is Apple's, of course, development tools, and they used to be completely free, okay. But uh, recently, Apple, uh, when they put Xcode on the App Store, charged four ninety nine for it, okay. But for that four ninety nine, even if you're not planning on ever developing any sort of Mac app, okay, there's a lot of really great tools that ship with Xcode, and iOS Simulator is one of them, okay. And I think iOS Simulator is a fabulous app for for people who are designing websites. Because they can simply go ahead and, as you see, have a nice little iPhone interface that they can completely interact with. Okay, um, they can see what their website looks like on an iPhone. Okay, they can even change the hardware. So they can say, "I want um, a version of my iPhone, the device." Okay, so right now it's an iPhone. I want to change it to an iPad. Okay, oh, looks like I have to reload my preview here. Where is it? Here it is. Okay. So now here, here's what the device looks like. And you have full scroll, you know, quasi touch capabilities. I'm not exactly sure how you would do zoom. Um, I've never actually tried that, how to zoom in on the iPad. Um, oh, you can rotate, you can rotate it left, right? So you can see what your, what your website looks in landscape mode on an iPad, right? Um, you don't want to do a shake gesture. Um, I don't see a way of zooming. Um, there might be a way to do that. I don't know. I wonder if you could do. No. The zoom on on my trackpad doesn't doesn't seem to work. You can definitely scroll, right? Um, so basically, you, you click down and you know pull it, uh, pull it, and you can see that. But um, uh, again, you can change it. So we have iPad. We can go to iPhone Retina display. Okay, so here's here's the uh, iPhone Retina display. Okay, and again, if we just want to look at this page there, oh, look there, it loaded it, it reloaded the page. So, uh, really great tool. Um, I, I think you guys should really look at buying. Again, it's only five bucks uh, for Xcode, and yeah, there, there, it it installs a buttload of stuff that you're probably never going to use. Um, but stuff like this iOS simulator are fabulous um, for for testing your site. Okay, um, uh, so that that has to do with my ideas around iOS, um, you know, simulation and iOS, you know, checking out your website and whatnot inside the iOS. Um, uh, again, I think it's really cool. Um, any questions on this before I jump into Internet Explorer testing?
Okay, so again, if we just go to the uh, the App Store app, right? You can go just type in Xcode. Okay, and you'll see it's right here. Okay, um, it is four ninety nine, I believe. Okay, um, but it does come with a slew of other apps. Um, if you're if you're curious of what other apps are there, here, I'll go ahead and let's uh, let's peruse. There's a few other apps that are actually pretty interesting for non apple for non you know application developers. Um, so we go to developer application. It installs everything under developer. So then you have applications. Um, let's see utilities. Right, let's start off with audio. Uh, I haven't used any of those. Um, let's see no. Some of those are some of these graphics tools are fun to play with, but they're nothing really uh, all that useful. Um, nope. Utilities. Where's I, the iOS simulator? iOS simulator. It's probably buried somewhere. Let's see. iOS simulator. There it goes. So it's under developer platforms. Wow. Okay. So it's kind of really, really uh, buried in there. Okay. Applications. I mean, iOS simulator. Um, but once you, once you you know you install Xcode, I believe it automatically registers iOS simulator as a uh, a um, a browser. So that way, when you're in Rapid Weaver. Uh, you know, you can easily go down to into here and say preview, and you can select iOS Simulator right here. So uh, I don't really ever have to remember where where in the world the app is because that's pretty much how I use it. Okay, um, so that's that's cool. Uh, some other tools actually are um, Icon Composer is good if if you need to create uh, um, you know icons. Um, File Merge is a fabulous tool to to do diffs between files, right? Um, you know, find the differences between files, merge those differences together. Um, really great app for that, actually. Really, really, really great. Um, I, it's one of my favorites. Um, there are a lot of third-party apps out there, but um, I tend to, to actually merge changes together. Um, I think file merge from Apple is, is pretty darn good. Um, those are probably the, the two really the big ones that I think, and th those are the iOS Simulator and File Merge. Uh, I think the SleepX app is interesting; it allows you to you know sleep your computer after a certain amount of time or something like that. Package Maker, if you wanted to actually create um, uh, you know installer packages and stuff like that. Um, but again, there, there there are some useful tools um, you know within Xcode, even if you're not a uh, a developer. Okay, um, so. I recommend that get iOS simulator. Uh, it's a great way to, uh, to preview your sites. Okay, let's jump ahead and now jump into some Internet Explorer. Oh, Tron, Tron came to the rescue. I got to test this. Okay, sorry, I'm going to have to go back into here. So Tron says that um, if you alt left click and drag for zooming and I let's try it. I, again, I've never done that. So Alt, oh, look at that. Tron is the man. So Alt, and then you can zoom. As you see, it creates like two little fingers, and you can zoom in 
uh, zoom into the page and zoom around and see how it works on your iOS device. Very cool. Thanks, Tron. That's awesome. Hey, we have Elixir joined us. I, I did a small plug for your for your icons a little bit earlier, Adam. So, um, excellent. Now we're going to go into Internet Explorer testing, and um, just a you know, it would be nice if uh, you know there was a nice little preview Internet Explorer, of course, but IE doesn't work on Mac. So there are a couple options to get Internet Explorer on your Mac. Okay, um, Parallels is one. Um, I, I use, I own both Parallels and VMware Fusion, um, and uh, I prefer Fusion. Um, it's just, uh, I've used both. I think Fusion has a, a, a nicer UI and whatnot. So um, I already have Fusion already started. Um, I have a Windows 7 instance with IE9 here, okay? But let me show you what I do. So, um, and actually I, it was working and I must have did something to, uh, to break it. So. Uh, and I didn't have time to troubleshoot this before, but um, for some reason that's not working anymore. And I think it's the permissions in my virtual machine. So please bear with me. I, I want to try to get this working again because uh, I did have it working just just last week. Um, I had things working. So um, bear with me. I think it's just a sharing permission because if you saw when I tried to open up um, my uh, site from Rapidiver inside IE. Um, I got a sharing error that uh, it couldn't access the file. I'm wondering if I just, uh, if I share my whole hard drive, if that'll do it and make it read only. Okay, I'm gonna give that a shot again. And this could be maybe just an issue with uh, with Windows 7. I don't know. Oh, that did it. Awesome. Okay. Um, so um, I had to change the settings on my virtual machine. If you saw, uh, let, let me review what I just did. Um, so if you guys have VMware Fusion, um, basically you know, go to your virtual machine settings. Okay. Um, and uh, here's the settings screen for it and go to sharing um, and make sure that you have your hard drive set to set to uh, to be shared. Um, I set it to read only just because I, I really don't need VMware, uh, you know, Windows writing anything to my hard drive. OK, um, I'll give it read access, but that's about it. OK, um, then uh, the next thing you did, I did. Um, if you notice here, I go uh, preview. OK, just I, as I do in any other RapidWeaver site and then since Internet Explorer isn't here, if you notice, I click other. Okay, when I clicked other, you'll notice that I have an Internet Explorer.app. Okay, um, I'm going to go ahead and actually show you how I created that. Okay, um, it was just kind of a shortcut for me um, so I can easily, uh, you know, access Internet Explorer whenever I wanted. Okay, so what I did was um, go ahead and open up Finder. Okay. Uh, so from within Finder, you're going to want to go and, and navigate to your virtual machine. Okay, so I'm going to go to download, uh, oops, not downloads, documents, uh, virtual machine, and then you find your virtual machine file. Okay, so I have a few virtual machines on here, but this is the virtual machine that I use on a, on a regular basis. Okay, so find your virtual machine, right click and go show package contents. 
okay? And then inside there, you'll see a folder called applications, okay? Uh, and then if you make this a little bit wider, you'll see that you have an Internet Explorer um, app, okay? So VMware goes ahead and for every Windows app that you have installed in Windows, it actually creates a Mac app for you to launch it, okay? So basically what I did, oh, I already did this earlier. Let me go ahead and, and delete that. So normally you'll see one, okay? Uh, what I do is um, then basically right-click on your Internet Explorer app and say make alias, okay? Um, then you can call it whatever you want. I'm going to call it, um, you know, I'm just going to call it Internet Explorer.app. Okay, and basically now that you have Internet Explorer.app, you can go ahead and drag that into your applications folder or whatever, wherever you want. Okay, so um, it's noticed that I, I've already had it in there, so it's just kind of ignored it. Okay, so if we say here, oh, it actually just created a duplicate. Okay, so now I have Internet Explorer.app. Okay, and when I double click on it, oops, it opened over here on my other desktop. If we double click on it, you'll see that it opens Internet Explorer for me, okay? Um, I don't need to worry about, um, you know, opening up uh, Windows and booting it. Oh, another thing, uh, um, if you're curious, I am in uh, Unity mode. Um, one of the reasons I like uh, VMware Fusion a little bit more is that it, um, it has this thing called Unity mode. Uh, Parallels has similar feature, but I, I like the way VMware does it better. Um, and basically, it takes all of your, your Windows windows and uh you know makes them look you know native and you know how you know interact as if they were just windows on your mac okay so uh that's how we created the internet explorer.app okay um and let me go ahead and open up my rapid weaver file again and now that we created that app i can go preview other okay and you know go to your applications folder and find your internet explorer.app that we just created click open and it does open up your file in Internet Explorer. Okay, so um, you know this is a great way to really quickly, uh, you know, test stuff and open up an IE. Uh, that way, you don't have to, you know, publish your page um, to, you know, some remote site or export it to a local folder and then try to move that to your Windows VM or, you know, open it from within your VM. This is just a really seamless, fluid way of quickly previewing things in Internet Explorer um, so that they, they look halfway decent, okay? Um, you know, so you can then do your debugging, okay? Now, of course, I have, you know, uh, IE developer tools enabled. Um, and one thing that's nice about um, IE9, um, they did add, you know, browser com compatibility. So if you wanna see what this site would look like in IE8, you know, you can just switch the browser mode to IE8 and uh, and you'll easily see exactly what your site would look like in IE8. You can also go to IE7, and there we go. You can see what your what the site would look like in IE7. Okay, so if you see our, our caption here got a little bit you know put off to the to the right. Our um, you know my title got a little cut off up here on the top. Um, so I might want to look into that if I really wanted to do, uh, make sure that IE7 users uh, had a, a consistent look and feel uh, for my particular page, right? Um, a, a quick note about browser modes. Um, 
I've noticed while while they are nice, um, they are there is slight con inconsistencies. Okay, then if someone had a actual IE seven browser, okay, um, but you know it, it is a convenience thing here. Um, you know the only other way to do that is if you were to have you know multiple VMs with one with IE seven, one with IE eight, one with IE nine, or something like that. Um, you know, you can definitely then do, uh, you know, similar things. You can maybe create, you know, different Internet Explorer dot apps in your application, one for seven, one for eight, one for nine uh, that open up diff from different virtual machines. OK, um, definitely possible. Um, and, uh, you know, you could do it. OK, um, this is a, just a quick and dirty way to do a quick snapshot of what thing what, you know, things will possibly look like in previous versions of Internet Explorer. OK. Any questions on uh, on what I just went over uh, with IE9 browser testing and kind of how to make that a little bit simpler for you? Cool. Well, I'm not seeing any uh, any more questions, so I'm going to call it a day, guys. Um, thank you very much for joining. Um, I uh, I hope you enjoyed today's uh, overview. Um, some of you probably hopefully you learned uh, something new, maybe a new little tip or trick. Um, and uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, I love doing this and I hope you love uh, watching it. Uh, so thank you very much, everybody. I hope you have a great weekend and uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye.